Welcome to the Cold Pizza Party Podcast. My name's Lvitsa. And I'm Adam. And this is a little podcast we make about politics and TV. We started it because we were feeling a bit isolated in Texas and we missed being able to have conversations with our friends. Um, and listening to podcasts helped us feel like we were filling that void a little bit because I think sometimes when a podcast is really well done, it almost feels like you feel when you're having a good conversation with your friends, except you were quiet and it happened in your ears. <laughs> but anyway, so we thought that this would be like a cool way to maybe reach out to some other people who are feeling like that, um, especially people who aren't lucky enough to have their significant other to move around with. Anyway, uh, this week we're going to talk about TV. Um, we're going to talk about ancient aliens which is a... Wonderful television program. Yeah, I believe it's on the History Channel. Yeah. And it is kind of loosely based on the Eric Von Danigan. Is that his name? I think that's his name. Uh, books uh, that came out in, like, the, I think, 70s and 80s. I am a very early conspiracy theorist. I was introduced <laughs> to him very, very young because my mom read those books like in Yugoslavia as yeah, they were you translated. Have one here, don't you? Yeah, um, and I loved like hearing these stories about you know some like tribe in Africa that had made basically like a crop circle in the shape of a chicken, but there are no chickens that, in that part of the world. And like, how did they know? And who are <laughs> they, they making it for? Was? But I was like, I mean, I oh, loved it. not a it. crop circle, like a, one of those, yeah, like the the sculptures you can only see from the air. Yeah, school, yeah. You know, like the drawings and stuff. Yeah. So I was like obsessed with that. Like we would drive to Canada to visit my aunt and uncle and my cousins and it was like an eight hour drive and I would stay awake the entire eight hours chattering away about yeah. what about aliens and thinking about aliens and, and talking to your family about aliens. Yeah. And asking <laughs> them like, what if like dogs are aliens? I mean, that would be like a perfect place for aliens to hide out. And there's one in like every house. They could learn so much about us. Maybe they're not even trying to learn about us. Maybe they're just stuck here and they like, anyway, I get very into it. Um, so I love conspiracy theories. I always have. Um, and when I first saw that this show came out based, I mean, to, to be clear, he's largely discredited. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, but regardless of that, um, I, I was, like, really excited to... I, I didn't even know he was alive still, so I was really excited to see that he's alive. Is he on the show sometimes? Yeah, he's oh. the older guy that, uh, like, is that young Greek guy's mentor. Giorgio's mentor? Yes. That, oh, cool. Yeah. So they had that really good episode recently about sound waves, right? Yeah. So he was in that one. Yeah. Same Giorgio, right? Yes. So it's very cool for me to get yeah. to see this guy that just was this idea in my head for a long time that's cool i didn't realize that um but i've always been into conspiracy theories but mostly just through tv shows oh yeah yeah like and also x-files through... and stuff no more like the daytime shows like this you know like daytime little documentaries on tlc or whatever about roswell and stuff like oh that. okay gotcha and also through um what's it called coast to coast oh yeah yeah my parents told me about coast to coast at a pretty young age for some reason and which is not good it's like scary <laughs> yeah i didn't like know about to coast to coast until like fairly recently when i think you told me about it and then i yeah. got like obsessed with listening to it yeah. for a little while um 
Sorry, that's a big Texan truck. Yeah. Okay, so I love conspiracy theories, and I was really pumped to watch this show. And we've watched, I think, quite a few Ancient Aliens. Um, And we've also watched uh, Action Bronson watching Ancient Ancient Aliens. aliens, Journey Through the Stars, I think they call it. Incredible. Highly recommend. But as I was watching these shows, um, I noticed, like, some particular things that I felt like kept cropping up again and again. Some Mm -hmm. issues that I had with the show. Like, Um, they always say, could it be Yes, that's that's one of the things I want to get to, yeah. But I wanted to start with, okay, so before we kind of get into the criticism or even into talking about more specifics, I think we talked on a previous podcast about kind of just in general conspiracy theories a little bit. And I was thinking like, for me, the way that I kind of understand conspiracy theories and their function like in our modern world is that they're a little bit like, you know, ancient people sitting around a campfire telling each other stories to explain things that are either too complicated for them to understand or that maybe get at some greater truth about their lives or their society or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like myths do that too, like Greek myths, you know, like if you think about like, why do we have the seasons? Well, Hades took Persephone Right, as a Persephone, I think, underground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, her mother was so heartbroken that she, you know, for the half the year that she's in Hades with, or whatever, in the right. underworld, we have winter, and then when she comes back, we have spring and summer, right? Yeah. That's when yeah. things come to life. I think and the rest Persephone. of the time, time things are dead because she's in the underworld where the dead are, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's Persephone. Is that also the one that Orpheus goes after? See, I know, like, little things know. about Greek myths, and then I can't... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is just that it explains something... I'm more into something... Norse myths. I'm more into, like, snakes swallowing the earth and things like that. Okay, but the whole point of those stories, too, is that they convey some greater truth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's about, you know, yeah. the seasons, and, it's and not we don't just... understand how the seasons happen, but here's a story to tell ourselves how mm-hmm. it happens. And it's not just, like, the literal aspects of the story that provide meaning either. Like, in Norse myths, yeah, that's the what idea I mean. that soldiers die and go to Valhalla just tells you how important to this culture war is. Exactly. And being the right type of soldier. Exactly. And, like, the idea that the gods are going to wage this war, Ragnarok, and we're going to have a role in it. Yeah. Again, it shows that they have this concept of war as being, like, constant. Constant and valiant and important mm-hmm. and, and, and just, yeah, integral. Like, even yeah. when you die, you don't get away from war, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you think about it, like, we don't have, like, folks, folk tales anymore or fairy tales. Like, we don't have new ones that we tell, mm-hmm. right? Instead, I think we have, we have this. We uh, have ancient alien researchers and ufologists and... Well, I mean, I think conspiracy theories in general, yeah. New Age spirituality. Yeah, and I think, you know, in a lot of cases you... Paranormal investigators. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, so... I I love, I always loved the paranormal investigator shows the most when I was a kid, and I don't really care to watch the stuff about ghosts now, but I loved when they would uh, just, like, take microphones into a haunted house, Yeah. and then they'd play back the noise and, like, listen for little patterns in the noise. Yeah. Yeah. I think even as a kid, I just thought that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that, though, in general, whether it is paranormal investigators or 
ancient alien theorists or whoever, they're essentially serving a purpose of like creating these new stories about mm -hmm. us and the world around us that aren't, if you take them literally, like not particularly useful, but if you kind of look at them more broadly, I think can be quite interesting and tell us about ourselves. So like, for example, like the Illuminati, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, just the idea that there, there's this group of powerful people who have crazy par parties and gatherings that you're not invited to. It's like, yeah. yeah, there are. Like the, I think it was the Washington Post or the New York Times just published the story about a party that was held by um, like the great grand or whatever, great granddaughter or granddaughter of the person who started the Washington Post and or who was the publisher of the Washington Post. And, you know, uh, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner were there, as was Chuck Schumer, yeah. as were Soros and the Koch brothers. I mean, there is a party of important, powerful yeah. people that you're not invited to. Right, and right. they are making decisions without you, you yeah. know, in ways that you will never, you, you we all know we're never going to have that type of power or, mm -hmm. or even get close to it. We can't even see where that party was. They published the guest list like, oh my goodness. Just the fact that we have the guest list is uh, I guess, a get for us, you know, small people. I guess one of the reasons Alex Jones became big is he found he got that footage of Bohemian Grove. Oh, really? That was him, I guess, or his team. Okay. And I, that a big aspect of those stories uh, is that like some crazy sexual thing is going on yeah. at those parties. Yeah. Which... Uh, Kind of helps explain why the alt right is obsessed with like traditional sexuality and stuff. Oh, that's because interesting. you can't ignore that so much of this alt right movement comes out of uh, Alex Jones and uh, conspiracy theories about the Illuminati. Yeah, and plays into this you know trend in American life of like Protestantism. Yeah, you know. So I think besides like telling us about ourselves and our society, one of the other things, although, I mean, I think this still goes to that, but one of the other things that, you know, myths and folklore and legends and stuff, it's like about God, basically, right? And like God's role, except um, I think like in our modern times, like we've already done a podcast called We're All Atheists because mm -hmm. I really think that technically everyone is. Nobody can sustain the belief in God in some ways. Yeah. Because even the Christians are obsessed with finding evidence for God. It's not enough for them just to have faith yeah. and believe it. They need to tell you, here's the historical evidence for Noah's Ark. Yeah. You know? Oh, we found the the Turin Shroud or whatever, yeah. you know, like... How is that being... We found... And one of the favorite conspiracy theories is, you know, the, uh, finding the um, Holy Grail, right? Yeah. Or the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Or the Ark of the Covenant. The yeah. Nazis had it. Where did it go? <laughs> right, what yeah. happened? Yeah. Was it alien technology? Yes. That's what I've supplants. I've seen one, uh, yeah. ancient aliens, about that. A lot of these ancient aliens, and That's even I, more yeah. so on um, Coast to Coast, these people have all these theories that connect the Bible to aliens. Absolutely. To make it, to make it like God sent aliens here and Jesus was an alien. and. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to an entire Coast to Coast episode with a guy who was a pastor who is still a pastor but also like absolutely believes that the Bible is a secret text about ancient aliens nice. coming to visit <laughs> us. You know? It's a really powerful way to sustain your belief in this age where we know about space travel. Exactly. And, and that's what I like or there's, you know, um 
there's like hollow earth theory, like the earth is hollow, uh, but inhabited by an ancient lizard race that I, for, I forget like why or how they got here, but um, they've like, in order to like keep existing themselves, they've like guided our like evolution and stuff like that and our technological advancements. And that is just clearly replacing yeah. a god who watches over us with a ancient lizard race inside mm -hmm. the earth that watches over or right. under us. Perhaps. If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't watched Ancient Aliens, you might not realize, but like all of these ancient alien theorists are super optimistic about the idea that aliens are guiding human development and human history, and maybe we even have alien DNA. So that's again the Christian thing of like we're made of the divine yeah, yeah yeah like we're made of mud but we have the spark of the divine yeah. like we have this tiny bit of alien jizz in our dna yeah. and that create makes us a greater race than the other animals that roam this earth totally yeah. yeah and just so many of the ancient aliens episodes especially really focus on this idea that essentially they've just replaced a god who's a caretaker you know of mm -hmm. us and and of our earth steward of our earth, I guess, with just some ancient aliens who helped us somewhere along the way, whether it's like advancing in technology or yeah, evolution or whatever. So I think that that's in general, what conspiracy theories, like their function in, in our modern society. And then I think going off of that, obviously the other thing that the, the kind of other itch that they scratch is this desire to actually believe in something bigger, even though it's hard to sustain that belief, like we're saying in our modern society. But I like love that. I think that is like a big part. I'm like a ardent atheist, <laughs> but I think that that is a big part of the reason that I love conspiracy theories, especially anything that's like supernatural or like you know like mk ultra where it's like they taught them how to read minds and mm -hmm. move clouds with their and eyes or whatever yes exactly yeah. i love that i wish that was true how cool would that be you mm -hmm. know if we could expand beyond our limited physical experience yeah, yeah. of this earth or when i was a, a kid and watching these tv shows i definitely once or twice laid in bed and tried to like what do they call it when you project uh, mentally Oh, astral projection? Astral projection. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or try to move something with your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I love that. I like, no one wants it to be more true than me, you know? <laughs> Whether it's about like ghosts or like some magical special object that has secret powers or, you know, like the Ark of the Covenant or whatever, or, you know, ancient aliens or yeah. current aliens or whatever. I'm, I want, I would love to see a flying saucer. I would love to see any unidentified flying object, even if it turns out it's from like our military, you know, that yeah. would be cool. Which is why though, then I have like a super high standard for what I think is like credible, I guess, right. you know, and why I find ancient aliens the tv show particularly irksome and upsetting yeah. and, and very worrisome <laughs> okay <laughs> um you like it i love it but yeah. i also get very worried by because i like it because because i like talk back to it you know mm -hmm. what i mean but i think or at least in my head especially sometimes out loud too <laughs> but i think i worry about someone who is 
by themselves or mm-hmm. older or yeah. hasn't necessarily heard of this stuff before yeah. and is having it beamed into their oh. house as if it's coming from the history channel as if it's some kind of you know inarguable fact like that world war ii happened so i worry about some of these researchers and ufo oh, me too. and stuff like especially when we get really into this stuff and binge on like coast to coast a little bit or something at some point i'll just start feeling like really depressed that me too what is the human condition that there are thousands of people in this country like wasting all of their intellectual ability on this you know completely yeah pointless stuff and it's like what makes it even more frustrating is that every single person in this world has to have a different idea than everybody else yes. and contradicts everybody else's idea and okay. wants to disprove everybody else. You're, you're skipping ahead a little bit but of to what I wanted to talk okay. about, <laughs> to how this podcast would go if I were doing it by okay. myself. <laughs> but I will go there with you because, yeah, I totally um, took some, wrote, jotted down a couple of notes on that um, because we'll go back to why I find this show worrisome. Okay. But for right now. So, like you're saying, it, yeah, that everyone has to have their own idea of of how it's secret it leads to this idea that uh, there's a secret knowledge that I have, mm. which is very much like I am the chosen one, yeah. you know. And um, to me, that I it might seem like it's you know reaching a little bit, but it seems to me like there's uh, this very individualistic ideology that comes across in these conspiracy theories, but especially shows of the, like you said, the researchers and the people participating calling into coast to coast with their special theory or whatever. Uh, It's very individualistic and it has this really fucked up theory of change. That's just like, if I give you the, here's this one Weird trick to changing the world, right? Here's this, if you just knew this one fact that I know everything would change, which is a really crazy theory of change, but it's also so individualistic because it just suggests it's up to you as one person to change everything versus everyone working collectively together to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it is what you're talking about where it there's a bunch of people like individually digging for ancient alien theories or whatever that are gonna crack the case wide open as opposed to like worrying about you know real conspiracies that we that are confirmed like we know that the uh nsa is spying on your phone calls Mm -hmm. all of your internet recording it all yes Right? That's confirmed. We know that the CIA and FBI infiltrate protest groups of all kinds. Uh, yes. Left, right. Yes. Confirmed. That they're like, that the FBI is essentially like tricking, you know, like autistic Muslims into confessing that they're terrorists, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, we know that like, uh, the president has a kill list that mm-hmm. he signs off on right. personally, right. you know, that he's extrajudicially murdered Americans, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we know that this stuff has happened. These are real-life conspiracy theories that require collective effort to change what's happening. The the bit of knowledge, that individual that has that special knowledge, like Edward Snowden, he dropped it. But guess what? Just dropping one special bit of knowledge on people 
is that's not going to trigger change. That disclosure, that's the word they love to use, right. is not going to trigger change on its own. Because, like I said, it's a really fucked up theory of change that you as an individual are going to change anything with just this bit of knowledge you have. Yeah. And and what that's what worries me the most is that there is no sense of we need to work together collectively. Well, that jumps into the article I wanted to mention. Should I do that or wait? Okay, well, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Because, uh, so what I wanted to bring into this discussion was this Eve Sedgwick article from, I don't know what book it is, called Paranoid Reading and Reparative Reading, or You're So Paranoid You Probably Think This Essay Is About You. And I, th- I, I know I've told you about it, and that's why some of the stuff you're bringing up here, but I don't think I told you how it starts. So in the beginning of the essay, she's talking about a conversation she had, like, 20 years earlier with a friend of hers who was working, like, on the AIDS epidemic, um, uh, the activist scholar Cindy Patton about the history of HIV and uh, they were talking about the idea that was circulating at the time that HIV was like engineered by the US government mm. and spread intentionally through black populations and like they just didn't care about gay people so they saw them as like we'll just use them as a disease vector to decimate mm. black populations okay. and she asked her friend what she thought about this so she says like okay let's assume that's true Um, but I have trouble getting interested in that. I mean, even suppose we were sure of every element of a conspiracy, that the lives of black Africans and African Americans are worthless to the U.S., that gay men and drug users are, their lives are held cheap when they're not actively hated, that the military deliberately researches ways to kill non-combatants that it sees as enemies, that people in power look calmly on the likelihood of catastrophic environmental and population changes. Supposing we're ever so sure of all those things, what we what would we know then that we don't know now? Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. So she like this is a quote that stuck in Eve Sedgwick's mind for a long time, and twenty some years later in two thousand six or so she published this article, where she talks about the concept of paranoid reading, mm-hmm. and that. Um, the the main thing that we took away from it was this emphasis on uh, disclosure. Right. Yeah. So she has like a few different bullet points of what paranoid reading is here, but one of them is that paranoia places its faith in exposure. Um, she says, well, I'll I'll step back a little bit to summarize it a bit more first, but you know, interrupt me if I'm taking up too much time or whatever. You're fine. Okay. So uh, she says that. Her friend Patton's response to me seemed to open up a space for moving from the rather fixed question, is a particular piece of knowledge true and how can we know, to the further question, what does knowledge do? Mm. Right? Yeah. So, like, what does a particular conspiracy do is, like, a really interesting question. Like, so we heard the person on Mysterious Radio Podcast who, this is one of our favorite conspiracies that we've heard recently, like, she thinks the Mandela effect is real. Oh, yeah. And it shows that we've transitioned from like one reality into a different reality yeah yeah so in uh so she's like yeah we used to think like we used to live in a reality where Shaq or Shaq played a genie in Shazam yeah or whichever one's fake I forget whether there's that that's like that or like the Berenstein Bears yeah yeah we used to have the Berenstein Bears but now we live in a reality where they're the Berenstein Bears yeah yeah like what does that do for her to believe that you know I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess it just allows you to have, like, supreme faith in your own ability to know something. 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it also has something to do again with that idea. One of I'm special, I noticed. Yeah. And also, and so I have that special secret knowledge. And also, um, I think it might have something to do again with that idea of wanting to believe that there's something bigger than the things that we can experience with our, you know, physical meat body, right? That like, um, there are multiple dimensions and realities and, you know, if you just try hard enough or pay enough attention or let, you know, the vibes of this earth penetrate you enough or whatever, yeah. you can become conscious of, with your brain, of, of things that, uh, that transcend the limits of your physical, you know, abilities. Yeah. But they always... So they always take it that extra step further, and there's always an enemy. Yeah, that's true. a big part of, of what Sedgwick is talking about here. Like, yeah, I think CERN is the enemy in the middle yeah, effect. Yeah, totally. And one of the things she said on that podcast was, "Oh, they used to say our solar system is located in the, you know, whatever galaxy, mm-hmm. but now they say it's in the so and so galaxy. So who moved it? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> there's always like an enemy, and there's like." Another aspect that Cedric outlines of paranoid thinking is that it's um, a strong theory, which means it has a really wide generality, like a broad scope. Mm. So these conspiracy theorists always think that the enemy that they're imagining is like one step ahead of them and like that their uh, theory about aliens or whatever just explains everything in the world. Totally. We watched one this morning about uh, the 12, the Majestic 12 or whatever. And it's, like, this idea that, uh, was it Truman? Um, Eisenhower. Okay. But Eisenhower was an army general. Yeah, it was during the Truman presidency that Roswell happened. Right, yeah. And so they pick these, like, 12 people who were special, who would be uh, in charge of, like, finding out about aliens and dealing with them when they come or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't enough to just be like, yeah, it's really, cr- isn't it crazy that our government that is ostensibly a democracy has picked 12 people without any public oversight to be the people who represent us in case of aliens dropping by, you know, like that alone is, that's a big enough conspiracy on its own to be like interesting and compelling and blow things wide open. Mm -hmm. You know, we also heard recently about on Mysterious Universe about um, this continuous government thing that is like pretty much, I think, pretty well known during like the Cold War, the plans for what happens in case of a nuclear attack and whatever so that the government... What secret bases do these small groups of people from the government, like including the president, retreat to so they can be safe while the rest of us die? Yeah. You know, and that's true. And And also how power breaks down in that case like or not break i mean like literally how it gets transferred to and who it gets mm-hmm. transferred to and all that yeah, stuff. yeah like whose duty is it to push the button to send more nukes back yeah yeah, yeah. and who are the people who are going to be advising the president yeah in, in as times? if america and as if like nukes hit america and all americans will be like oh my god where's the president what is the president doing yeah. can he save us yeah but uh the point is like that's pretty well confirmed that there's like pl- there were certainly i think probably still are plans for you know yeah, how yeah. to have a continuous government in case of a nuclear attack and your point is like fuck them like we don't need them the scandal here is they think uh, they need to save themselves and roll over all of us even yeah. when the world is ready to burn yeah and but so okay 
So that's crazy enough, right? right? Like that's a we should be upset about that. And again, co- through collective action, maybe try to figure out a way to put pressure on the government or whatever to figure out a solution that includes more people than just the most powerful. Yeah, like somehow changing their attitude. Where like your first thought that like nukes hit America, you know, yeah. ostensibly we're a democracy. Your first thought shouldn't be how do we save the rich? Yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious one would be like uh, let's just get rid of our nukes or like yeah, you yeah. know. Well, sorry, but what's interesting about that is, like, it turns out people value other people's lives. Like, there's no good reason if we are being nuked to nuke Russia yeah. if our country's going to be destroyed. Yeah. And when they were doing drills, apparently, um, so there's, like, just somebody playing the president and the government's yeah. running through the drill of, like, Russia's sending 500 nukes. How many do we send back? Do you want to send 400, 2,000, 5,000? And the people that are ready to push the button just, like, never do it. Yeah, the person who's playing the president who's supposed to ostensibly push the button. Who knows it's a drill. Yeah, it's a drill. It's a fake button. No no nukes are going anywhere. Still can't bring themselves. Still never presses the button in those scenarios. So the scandal is like, what is our government that it represents this completely inhuman position, you know? Totally. And just what an obsession with power to think. And like that they have like rooms that like apparently have like stacks of cash because they were thinking, well, we can have enough cash to keep the American economy going. It's like if we get nuked, no one's going to be worried about how much cash they have. Cash already is is just a human construct. And never will that be laid bare more quickly and, you know, fully (laughs) than in case of a nuclear attack when like, what do you do? You're going to eat cash? What are you going to do with cash? So anyway, my point is just that since that is pretty well known, pretty accepted, pretty, I think, not crazy to say that that's true. The idea that there are 12 unelected people who get to represent us when aliens drop by or whatever, or if an alien crash lands, that there's like these people who are selected with absolutely no oversight from the public who Mm -hmm. uh, will be going to secretly check out the alien spaceships and dead bodies or whatever. Um, is is big enough. It's fucked up enough. But then they just kept going and building on that theory because every part of this show is like, well, if that's true, then could it be that Nazis already knew about it? You know, like they managed to pull in Nazis and the uh, JFK assassination and... um, I forget, like, some other shit, in, like, big events in history into this one conspiracy theory about, you know, an unelected group of 12 people going to deal with a identif- unidentified flying object situation, mm-hmm. right? So that that idea that you're saying, like, you know you're looking at a conspiracy theory because it just, it, it's not just that everyone's one step ahead of you, but that oh, yeah. everything's connected and vast. And mm-hmm. it's like every, cons- I mean, just this morning when we were just watching one to like warm up in preparation for this, we, we had a perfect example of that, yeah. you know? The Illuminati is the paradigmatic conspiracy yeah. theory in that case, because that is the whole conspiracy theory. There's a secret group that runs everything. Yeah. yeah. And they're responsible for everything yeah. from you know, JFK to Watergate to whatever. And Okay, so there's like three other, so there's five aspects of paranoid um, reading or paranoid method, according to Eve Sedgwick. So the first one, which is super important, she doesn't talk about conspiracy theories here, to be clear. Her goal is um, actually to correct like excesses in critical theory and philosophy because she's criticizing like this hermeneutics of suspicion, which is... um, Something that became, it's like a phrase somebody came up with that it, it became really popular and it just cemented 
the idea that everybody who had who was doing this philosophical work that we just need to like um criticize everything in this like paranoid reading Mm. style that she's talking about so like for example she talks about judith butler's um what's it called gender Gender outlaw no no that's not Butler. oh gender uh oh man I have it here. Oh, it's I like know. We have it. Gender trouble. Yeah, yeah. And, like, she says, okay, like, Judith Butler did this a long time ago. She doesn't agree with everything in there. But basically, gender trouble, like, concludes by saying, you know, queerness is going to revolutionize the world by just right. making it clear that gender is performative. Right. So, like, drag queens are going to basically, um, you know, s- solve misogyny in a way. Yeah. Because they will demonstrate that gender is performative. Yeah. Right? So there's this faith and disclosure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And the second one that I mentioned was strong theory, that conspiracy theory like encompasses everything. But part of the reason that it's a strong theory is that it's tied to the sense of humiliation. So um, paranoid mm. reading is always, that's why she stresses that it's all about an enemy. because Yeah, because it's humiliating that they're doing this to us, yeah. right? And so like her first bullet point, those are like the last two. Her first bullet point is that paranoia is anticipatory. It's afraid of surprise. And it seeks to eliminate surprises. Right. And uh, to do that, you have to anticipate what your enemy is going to do, right? So her second bullet point becomes that paranoia is reflexive and mimetic. So you have to have this willingness to, like, become your enemy enough that you can imagine what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I mean, even if you think about, like, like paranoia is anticipatory, it's like, what would be really shocking is if right now it was, like, breaking news, aliens have landed on yeah, Earth. Yeah, yeah. So... so you, yeah, you anticipate that. You want to be the guy who's like, I knew it. Yeah, exactly. I, I like, told you guys. They've already come. Yeah. You guys are idiots. Don't you know they've yeah, already yeah. been oh, here? Man. They're just letting you know about it now for the first time, but I already know. My ironic favorite Twitter account is a Soderic Exposal, and today they tweeted, um, the first alien invasion will be a fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's how, you know, that's how on top of things they are. Yeah. Right? Um, so she says, like, because you're focused on your enemy and you're putting yourself in the position where you can, like, initiate and embody what they would do, she says, it seems no wonder then that paranoia seems to grow like a crystal in a hypersaturated solution, blotting out any sense of the possibility of alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, because you're obsessed with your enemy, you're imagining every possible thing they could do, and that's how paranoia becomes a strong theory. Totally. Because you're so obsessed with your humiliation and trying to anticipate it that, yeah, it becomes like all encompassing. Yeah. And uh, the only other one I didn't mention is it's a theory of negative affects. Okay. I'm not like really well read on what affect theory is, but basically it's so focused on anticipating humiliation that the only room left for a positive affect is like as a shield, it promises against humiliation, as she puts it. Okay. So. What does that mean? I don't know, because I'm not really into affect theory, but uh, basically it's positive versus negative in a general sense. I don't know. But, okay. Yeah. It's like a psychology thing. It's okay. like a philosophy psychology thing. Okay. I don't know anything yeah. about it. So. But basically, you're, you know, you're focused on like the most negative aspects of psychology. And the only room for positive psychology is this idea that like you can protect yourself okay. by anticipating everything that will come at you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that's where the faith in disclosure comes sort of is after that. She says, uh, paranoia for all its vaunted suspicion acts as though its work would be accomplished if only it could finally, this time, somehow get its story truly known. Yeah. That, And then she says that a fully initiated listener could still remain indifferent or inimical or might have no help to offer is hardly treated as a possibility. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like Gender Trouble thought, here's like the working of gender laid bare. Mm-hmm. And you know, it had some impact, like it's very influential, but yeah. most Americans don't know what it means and don't have any interest in. And even with like, you know, let's say queer liberation, gender still functions the same way. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, sexism still functions the same way. There's no, it's still performed the same way even. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just because we're aware now that there are other ways of being a part of yeah like there's a thing it's it like lays out the dichotomy of like fighting for um representation versus fighting for like material Mm. gains doesn't it yeah totally so maybe we could bring that up a different time when we want to differentiate left and liberal again yeah Yeah. totally that's a really really interesting point yeah but all of these alien theorists we heard one on mysterious universe who was talking about like consciousness and aliens and he had the point of view that if we can just recognize our consciousness is as powerful as it truly is, then we could like in that instant transcend our bodies and join the aliens. Like they have been working with the angels to teach us about our divine nature, basically. And if we, if everybody knew what I knew, then, you know, we could leave our bodies and leave earth and join the heavens, basically. I think I'm, I guess the thing that I wanted to talk about when I was saying this, this thing that worries me the most about ancient aliens kind of can piggyback off of this idea of, um, what are you talking about? Suspicion? What did you say? Well, it's all about suspicion. So, like, the hermeneutics of suspicion was just a critical theory tactic of um, kind of not trusting what anybody says at face value and digging into, like, why are they saying this or why are they believing this? Okay. Which is what we're doing, too, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I would be less worried, I guess, if that's what I thought Ancient Aliens was doing. No. But I feel like it's kind of... The problem is, like, the opposite Oh, this is paranoia for all its vaunted suspicion Mm. acts as though its work would be accomplished if only it could finally this time somehow get its story truly known. And I think vaunted suspicion especially, that's a great phrase because it's like... It's not truly suspicious. Yeah. It's it's like performed suspicion or something. It yeah. like it, it's like they convince themselves that oh, we're I'm so skeptical of the government that I've uncovered this, you know, majestic 12 conspiracy that mm-hmm. the government has or whatever. But at the same time, there's no questioning of like like we talked about like, well, what does that mean? That means ultimately though that i believe in a like all-powerful government that can talk to aliens and 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 handle a situation where aliens come to earth and get them to come to only talk to us at undisclosed locations and military bases and would be able to talk to aliens at all and whatever like there's so much faith in our government underlying this vaunted suspicion of our government right? right Well, what's funny, too, is, like, the government seems to have that same problem. Because the way we were interpreting these uh, Majestic 12 documents is the same way about the thing we mentioned on Mysterious Universe, like, the secret government bases. So they drip all these plans for what to do in this scenario. Yeah. And it seems like this is just another plan of what to do if alien contact is made. And in the document, they're like, we assume that the aliens will make, like, the president the point of contact, yeah. right? Yeah, How? Or, like, like how mi- no, happen? it wasn't even the president. It was, like, military officials. These 12 people yeah. will be, like, yeah. But it was clearly talking, like, in case of, if mm-hmm. this happened, this yeah. is what we're going to do. And we're going to meet either at military bases or, like, obscure to be chosen, you know, locations that, like, basically where there's no other people, right? Yeah. 
But they put all this faith into their plan and have, like lack all imagination to yeah. think of what this situation would really be like. How yeah. would aliens... Yeah, how would they even know who we expect would... them to contact yeah. when they show up? How know? would they transmit their demands to us? Like, Let alone, how would we get them to talk to the president? Like, yeah. How would they know who the president is? Yeah, so then what? basically what worries me is that because you think you're being suspicious, you then, or skeptical, you then drop all skepticism in these as a conspiracy mm, person. Yeah. And then you start to believe everything. Like we talked about, like the strong theory. Yeah. And then especially this show really like, because, okay, like one of the reasons that I think like all religion is bad equally, regardless of which one you, you particularly subscribe to, is because I think it teaches especially like young, like children, really faulty logic and reasoning. And like basically said it basically rewards you for believing in things when there's no evidence right that's the whole point of faith you know and te teaching people that they're somehow going to be rewarded for really illogical weird thinking like that is like very worrisome to me especially because it makes it really easy for someone who doesn't believe in your faith to completely take advantage of you if they can kind of well, I mean, it does. No, I'm listening. I just don't know if I agree 100%. Well, there's a lot of, like, affinity group, like, Ponzi schemes, for example. Like, mm. Bernie Madoff was able to scam a lot of um, Jews because they just assume, like, well, you believe the same things as us. You're part of my yeah. faith. We're the same. And, and they sure. just drop all of their skepticism. Or, like, um, in Utah, like, especially when it was a little bit more separate, like, in, like, the... 70s and 80s and stuff it was like really really uh like hotbed for scams mm -hmm. because people oh. would just get like the like faith of the church elders yeah. and then the church elders would totally be like yeah buy insurance from this person or whatever give uh, this totally. person your money did i i tell you about the island larry ellison bought and how that island came to be owned by a single person oh yeah it was a mormon missionary like late 1800s who went to hawaii and uh, worked on that island. And then he had the Mormon church send him money so he could buy up the land, but he just put it in his own name. Oh, yeah. So therefore he owned the island. Yeah. 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 So he scammed the Mormon church. Yeah. So I just see, but so people who like learn to have faith in this authority figure, like the Mormon elders who tell you where to put your money or to have faith in the religion and that God will take care of things. And of course, other people who are like, you you know, they're trustworthy because they have the same, you know, good moral religious, you know, right. bones as you or whatever that, um, that like to me is like really like a, a big kind of like worry when it comes to like, not all faiths, obviously not all faiths equally, but it is still like worrisome to me that you're being rewarded essentially for not being skeptical. Um, and I think that there's really never a time when humans are particularly well served not to be at least a bit skeptical about. Yeah, you know, I guess I, where I would agree, because I sort of disagree, because I feel like there's a sense in which, you know, having faith could inoculate you against something like this, because this is so focused on like the presenting really flimsy evidence. It's like they use people's rationality against them, basically. But that's what, but we listen to AFR and they do the same thing. I know, it's true, yeah. Like, but, we were just talking about how they're like, but we found evidence for Noah's Ark or whatever. Totally, yeah. But where I would absolutely, where, where yeah, what I was going to say, where I would absolutely agree with you 
Um, Sedgwick has a quote where she says, the paranoia, where she's talking about, puts its faith in exposure. Paranoia is characterized by placing in practice an extraordinary stress on the efficacy of knowledge per se, knowledge in the form of exposure. That's where I would agree with what you're saying. Like, because religious people put so much faith in the knowledge of God, right? Yeah. Because they believe in God, they think like certain things are right and wrong. Certain people are going to be punished because they're doing wrong. And God is going to favor me because I'm Christian, so I do things the right way. Yeah. I think there's a connection there with these, um, an emotional or, you know, methodological connection with the alien theorists who think that I know the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so what worries me, like I said, is that normally, like, in a religious setting, older people teach younger people to, like, suspend skepticism, and that's how you basically indoctrinate them into the faith, right? And then you have this show where they're, the way that they perform logic and, like, Mm -hmm. thinking and reasoning on this show is, it's almost more insidious because it's, it's not even telling you to outright, well, just have faith that alien... It, it's pretending that it's being skeptical and scientific, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely, like, the most faulty way you could ever think about anything, you know? Like, so it's like, well, how did we move these giant blocks to build right. the pyramids? Well, okay, here's some evidence that suggests that it was ancient aliens because we didn't have any human technology that could make right. it happen. Well, if ancient aliens helped us build the pyramids... Could they hold the secret to when they're coming back? Right. Yeah. Well, they could if that if, happened, yeah. but everything is built on this. And then they say, ancient alien theorists say yes. And that's what I was going to say. They yeah. always say yes. Yeah. Whatever the question is, they're because they're always building on to their next yeah. segment, <laughs> which is like, the, just again, like it, it's all built on this like rubbles of a foundation, you know, yeah. this, this it Nothing. was so funny in the new episode we watched today or yesterday, they were talking about was JFK assassinated because who is going to talk about aliens? Yeah. And they pulled out some article from the internet where the headline was like, so a new theory suggests that the Kennedy assassination could be true. And they just, they showed that and then they started zooming in on the word true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and they, and they do that a lot. I've noticed that too. And a lot of times when they pull out an article from the internet, they don't point out that the source is like, not a particularly credible source, you yeah. know? It's like the Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they've used the Daily oh, Mail yeah? before. Yes. Sounds joking. Yeah. So it just really worries me that the way they're, like, teaching... Because no matter what you think about TV, it's, like, a very powerful teaching tool, I think. Mm. Like, it certainly teaches us to, like, want things, right? It teaches yeah. us to want Nikes. You, you don't have a particular need for Nikes until you see a commercial that makes you feel like, oh, I really mm-hmm. want those. Or you, you know? watch basketball and you're like, I want the shoes like these guys. Yeah, or it teaches you that um, the way to celebrate Christmas is everybody, oh, yeah. you know, at home, around a tree, or in matching sweater, you know. like Obviously, it, diamond engagement rings. Right. Complete creation yes. of advertising. So TV is like a very powerful teaching tool. And it, this is teaching people, whether it means to or not, how to think about these issues especially because there aren't that many tv shows dealing with this topic and there isn't a single one that has like these guys on like presenting their best version of their theory and then other people on Mm. doing their best to debunk it and then you are like maybe left at the end to decide they only present this one side there is all of the conspiracy theory media actually 
or almost all of it. I guess Mysterious Universe might be a rare that's, exception. I was going to say, yeah, we could but, recommend Mysterious Universe. Yeah, I recommended them on uh, Mysterious yeah, Universe cool. on Facebook, along with Mysterious Radio, but that one's much more coast to coast. Mm-hmm, like yeah. I think I said like <laughs> Southern coast to coast vibes. Yeah. But uh, almost all of the conspiracy theory media that we have available uh, right now is totally pro-conspiracy theory, and all of it lies on really faulty premises like this that then are used to build onto a bigger, bigger until mm-hmm. you get to the strong theory, right? And it, it like, teaches people to think in a way that is not productive. That's what yeah. I mean. That's what worries me. Yeah. Like, again, I've always, my personal, one of my personal reasons for opposing any religion is because I do think, like, it is really fucked up that you're teaching children to drop skepticism at a really young age in order to be, indo- like, become a part of the faith. And, and you celebrate that with different, like, like traditions where you're like, okay, now it's cotillion. Now we're doing this. And these are all the different ways we're essentially marking you becoming more and more a member of this faith mm. and succeeding in having faith, which means dropping your skepticism. Yeah. And this is more... another way that I feel like you're seeing people, maybe Americans particularly, although I don't know whether this show goes out around the world or not, being taught to not be skeptical again and again, and also to think at that individuals are the only catalyst for change. Like, it's only that one right, yeah. individual that can see, you know, the forest through the trees or whatever that... Is that how what saying goes? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, whatever. The, the trees... Yeah. Um, can't see, like, the tree for all the forest or something like that. Can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah, you said it right. I think. Yeah. My bad. Uh, it's only that one person that can see clearly, basically. Right. That is, uh, that's the theory of change. That once they disclose, they're going to change everything. And that also is worrisome to me because I think, again, it's kind of teaching you an ideology of individualism versus um, collective struggle for change. Right. And also, one last thing, sorry, but being really skept- uh, skeptical, I think, and I'm pretty positive, like, I didn't look anything up, but I know I've, like, read a study where it was like kids who grow up with parents who talk back to the tv and radio more are um, much less likely to become like uh, consumers that are more easy to advertise to like that's one of the ways you you can essentially combat like like you can teach your child to like combat Mm -hmm. constant advertising so that also worries me that essentially we're getting a very religious cross-section of america because americans aren't very religious in general and then on top of that now we have the these like conspiracy theory shows that are teaching people also to you know suspend suspicion and then uh skepticism and then they're being in the in between segments inundated with advertisements and what makes you you know more open to buying and purchasing and being a good consumer than not being skeptical about what's being advertised to you whether that's life insurance or the you know hundredth uh new swiffer that they've changed slightly that is so much better it's going to make your life and cleaning your house so much more wonderful well i was just going to say when you were talking about religion i guess i've because i tried to contradict you earlier so i just wanted to say like on a personal level i don't you know i grew up religious even though i'm atheist now i just i guess have a different perspective on it than you do i mean like not i'm not saying like i know more because i was there i'm just saying like I have more sentimentality towards it, maybe. Yeah. But that wasn't my experience of being religious. Like, I was Catholic, and, you know, even my catechism teachers and my parents stressed the importance of, like, deciding your morals for yourself. 
and not just trusting what somebody else tells you, which is like a huge contrast to what we hear on AFR. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think there's definitely degrees and obviously there's difference. And I, mean, I think there's a way in which like the religion that I grew up with could help you counteract things like that. Like I didn't have any sense that Noah's Ark was, was real and we're going to find Noah's Ark and there's going to be like, oh, look how big it is. No, he definitely could fit every animal on here, right? Yeah. Or anything like that. And I never had the feeling like, oh, maybe we can tr- prove the Bible is true with aliens. I just had the sense that um, actually there are things that transcend rationality. Yeah. Like you don't need to rationalize why certain things are moral. You just know, right? You just feel it, which yeah. I know you agree with that too. Yeah. So I, I feel like there are things about religion that could um, inoculate you against this like disease of like false skepticism, but like not modern American evangelical religion. And I, that, when you said that, that made me think of like, I went to Catholic school and they definitely like literally taught us that they're like, if you just, you, there's like a voice inside you and you know whether something's wrong or right. When you do something that's bad, just think about it. Don't you, don't you hear a voice inside your Mm -hmm. head or have a feeling that you did something bad? You feel bad, you feel guilty. Right. And I was like, yeah, totally. And I've actually always used that still to this day as like a bit of a moral compass like question guide whatever like if I feel bad about something I know like I shouldn't probably keep doing Mm -hmm. it right I mean it's Mm -hmm. that simple or it can be that simple in in many instances of course sometimes things are more complicated but so I think that that is true but at the same time like I I can be like really prickly on the matter because I was even though I went to a Catholic school it's because like that was the best school that was in the area where I lived, not because mm-hmm. and it was just for a short time. Yeah, it was for till second grade, or through second grade. So, and I, I've been like an atheist my whole life, so like I can be really prickly about mm-hmm. it, and I know that, and that's why I'm like a terribly flawed messenger for atheists, mm-hmm. and I would never like try to, you know, be the voice of atheism. But at the same time, I do feel like we need to like keep it real. Like I also learned in that school that not believing in God was a sin. Yeah. And everybody who didn't believe in God was going to go to hell, yeah. which included me and my entire family. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, or many, many people in my yeah. family. And also, like, everyone who doesn't believe in God, who doesn't, who isn't even a part of this religion, again, like me, like, I was technically, I guess, I was raised atheist, but technically we're Eastern Orthodox. Mm-hmm. So everybody that went to my church and stuff that I actually went to who was religious, was also not good enough and going to go to hell, right? I know, yeah. So that is, is indoctrination because you're terrifying children with, like, eternal damnation and pain, and you're telling them this is what, like, hell is like and it's fucking mm-hmm. awful. And if you don't believe in our God, that's where you're going. Yeah. And then you're also telling them the only way to believe in our God is to suspend all skepticism, all disbelief, and any time you encounter any evidence or obstacles to your faith, you have to overcome them by just believing harder. Yeah. That's and indoctrination. How do you think that syncs up to... Um, I'm, that is why I stopped being religious, is exactly because they said nobody who doesn't believe this can go to heaven. They'll all suffer, suffer yeah. eternally in hell. Yeah. And I just... I guess because... I mean, I just knew the same way I, I'm saying, like, you don't need ration... Uh, ration rationality to know what's right and wrong i just knew that's wrong yeah i can't believe that so that's why i stopped being religious actually yeah but what what does that sync up with uh conspiracy theories for you again because like 
that they're okay they're indoctrinating people into this faulty way of thinking essentially where like you're rewarded for not being skeptical for not questioning enough and then you have these conspiracy theory podcasts and tv shows where the narrator performs what's supposed to i guess be like your inner monologue or functions yeah. in a way of mimicking like thinking out loud right and says you know if this is true then could this also be true this wilder yeah. even crazier next thing that we're going to talk about right and it just starts from this you know from no foundation and then just keeps building on top of it right right like and they use the most faulty reasoning like science doesn't know how humans built the pyramids yeah i say it's aliens yeah doesn't that make and more if that's sense? true could it also be true that you know aliens are coming back for us or whatever right, right? yeah so it's like well but you haven't proven that any of this is true. And we have to go back to the beginning of this sentence or thought or whatever. Episode. Yeah, to start examining and questioning every single thing you've asserted. Mm -hmm. Just asserting more things could be true doesn't make them so and isn't good think like that's not good a good way to think about things or the world or certainly to figure out if things are true or not, you right. know? It's a lot like when Christians say Science can't tell you how life was formed. Yeah. Right. I can. It was God. Yeah. 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 So that's, that to me is like that parallel where it's like both, I think religion is bad, like actively harmful for this world for many reasons, certainly sectarian violence being right up there, mm -hmm. you know, but I also think it's bad in the sense that it does really prevent people from this is gonna sound harsh but like using their brains you know mm. <laughs> that's what it feels like to me it feels like turn off your brain and like follow me and i'll tell you what to believe in both cases essentially yeah and i was also gonna say like you're talking about um people not being skeptical enough but that doesn't on the surface appear to be the case with these shows right because it's all about being skeptical of the government and of government power yeah and we've talked about like Especially when somebody in our personal lives that we maybe like and, you know, a friend mentions something crazy about a conspiracy theory. Yeah. We always feel like uh, we can get along better with people who are skeptical of the government, even if they believe some crazy conspiracy theory about it, than people who just completely accept, like, centrist political yeah. values or have no opinion at all. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And But, like, on the surface, it seems like ancient aliens and stuff, they're very skeptical of the government. They're always... They, like... In their minds, the government, like, is secret and um, completely, um, like, out of reach of the average person, right? Yeah. But I guess the answer to that is, like, the Sedgwick stuff I was sharing. Like, it's not really about skepticism. Yeah, and I think in a lot of cases, even with the that, like, all-powerful government, I mean, it really is replacing their idea of God, right? Like, it's someone who is a policeman watching over you, you know, like... Even with the government stuff, it's about having an all-powerful entity watching you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, like, uh, it's weird how much a part of these conspiracy theories is the idea that the government is so capable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, that's like an ideology that runs through them that is really unexplored by any conspiracy theorist as far as I can tell. 
But I know that we're like onto something because I realized when the election was happening and that I totally thought like, oh, Hillary's gonna win, no way. Even if like they had to cheat, although I didn't think they would, but I was like, they would never ever let Donald Trump win, right. you know? But then it happened anyway. Exactly, but I had this idea that, oh, Hillary Clinton is part of basically the all-powerful elite, basically right? the Illuminati. Yeah. Not that we believe in a literal Illuminati, no, but, but essentially, there's some truth to this. That's what I mean, that these ideas, exactly, they yeah. permeate our more accepted culture. And everyone thought that. Everyone thought, like, no way could Hillary possibly lose. For God's sake, she's Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You know, in a democracy, it shouldn't really mean anything that she's, like, the w wife of a former president or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, rich person or whatever, except that we all thought, no, she's, like, so fucking powerful. There's no way she's yeah. not going to be in charge of the world, What basically. it means is that, like, there is some truth to these conspiracy theories, right? Yeah. Or at least emotional truth. Like, everybody, in a way, does believe in, essentially, an Illuminati, like, there just is a class of people who rule over us. You know, yeah. It's hard to deny. That's, that's, it's the yeah. rich and the powerful, and they're well-connected. That's and what they I'm saying. There's a party. Together. It happened at the Hamptons last weekend, yeah. and you and I are never going to be invited. No. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's so weird. Like, when you're sharing with me stuff on Instagram about, like, which rich person was hanging out with which other rich yeah. person's kid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a crazy example of that you can think of? I mean... Not, I think the one that comes to mind, obviously, is, like, Kendall Jenner and, like, Bella Hadid or whatever hang out all the time. And it's, like, children of reality TV stars, but now they're the most famous supermodels in the world and we're all supposed to care. But they're also hanging out with, oh, like, Rockefellers and shit. No, but they're also part of, like, T-Swift's squad that includes, like, Lena Dunham and mm -hmm. uh, that model um, Carly Kloss, who is dating... Jared Kushner's Thing. younger brother. That's the weird example who, I was thinking so, of. Yeah. yeah, so now, like, T-Swift and all of them are essentially connected to, like, Trump and the presidency. And, like, yeah. it's so strange, actually. And you know these kids must know, too, like, um, rich, you know, Saudi progeny. Oh, they do, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. For sure. And also, like, Rihanna's dating, like, a Saudi prince now. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's... But see, we live in a weird world. Yeah. 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 And Morning Joe and Mika are getting married. I know, that's so weird. And Donald Trump <laughs> was right. I Adam, what is this world? And Donald <laughs> Trump knew because they went to parties together. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah and he's, he's going to, like, expose them. Yeah, um, you know, Omarosa worked with the president yeah. for the year, right? No, she also campaigned for him oh during his campaign. Oh my god, so fucking yeah. weird. She was, like, his ambassador to black people. <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they obviously betray a greater truth that we can feel that is difficult right. to Right, that's explain. part of the myth-making, um, you know. It's part of the reason we need these new myths. Myths, yeah. Although it'd be better if we could get rid of them because... Um, well, it'd be better if we could get rid of the people there. <laughs> <laughs> True. But they don't, you know, it's this paranoid reading thing. They put all their faith in disclosure. Yeah. It's not like, I'm starting the aliens run the government political party and we're going to start running for local office yeah and you know part of our platform is that everybody deserves health care because these rich or, illuminati people run everything and they'll give us nothing exactly yeah, yeah. or uh, we're gonna all join the campaign to get like an amendment passed to get money out of politics because yeah. these illuminati fuckers have too much power already yeah and if we could at least get them a little bit out of our government and you know have some semblance of real democracy maybe we could overcome them or if we don't want to 
the culling or a new world order yeah. or whatever that we could fight that somehow through again collective struggle but that is completely absent it's biggest... that's what i'm saying i guess what i'm trying to say is i feel like there's like individualist and almost like capitalist ideology underlying a lot of this stuff even though it's not exactly like capitalist in and yeah, not yeah yeah and again like it benefits capitalism to have these people who are you know individualistic i mean and that, like that's what you want in a consumer you know yeah who someone who wants to identify themselves as an individual and like doesn't want to change the status quo not really thinks maybe they're changing it but you know not in any meaningful way and is passive and essentially open to yeah you know i mean it gets back to that quote that i read from the person that spurred eve sedgwick's like thought on this issue you know let's say we know because this they the government spread hiv we know that now so now we can't deny all these things we knew already the government doesn't care about black people or gay people or anybody in the population they will use they will contemplate you know mass methods to just kill people if it benefits them yeah we know all those things already right so if we have some crazy alien conspiracy that proves it's true so what yeah yeah doesn't it literally doesn't change anything about our material reality no yeah and it's not enough to like it won't spur any change in our material reality Mm mm-hmm but these it, these conspiracy theories are also like ex- extremely interesting cultural artifacts because they show you what people believe totally. if you dig into them. Totally, and just what they like want to movies believe. from the '80s that aren't about the '80s in any way, but then you watch them and you know they yeah. are telling you about like Ghostbusters, like the EPA is the bad guys. You know, I know, yeah. That's like betraying an ideology of the yeah, time. And how and pervasive it was. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because that's not a political movie. They're not trying to make a political statement, but of course they are because everything's political. It was. It's getting really hard to watch like sitcoms and comedies from like around the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah. because there's so much like misogyny. A lot of misogyny and a lot of like homophobia, crazy amounts mm-hmm. of transphobia, but a lot, a lot yeah. of misogyny. Yeah. Like, more than I think people really realized, or they just thought it was completely acceptable. Yeah, even when the movies, like, aren't about that. No, or, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Or, even just or the they're way... oft, often they're supposed to be about, like, a dopey guy, just poor yeah. guy, just trying to make it in this world. And if all these women just weren't such bitches, they would <laughs> fuck him once in a while, you or, know? Or even it's like, oh, a poor, like, um, what was that sitcom we were watching what's his name versus the world the British uh, yeah, yeah. It's I think like Pete oh or Pete versus the world this poor dopey guy who's kind of an asshole who's just trying to get his dick wet yeah but like these girls are just keep getting you know they keep they're seeing bitches that he's who a won't dick. fuck him or even and a they more nag generous him reading. all the time they just won't yeah. let him be and live oh, his know, life with his friends yeah. like his friends bitch fiance wants to come on their guys trip you know <laughs> but even in a more generous reading like he's trying to sleep with this you know, young environmentalist. Pers- environmentalist vegan, and he's like trying to trick her into thinking that he's an environmentalist yeah. too. And then she finds out that he's not. And I, even in a generous reading, it's like she's still just a place for him to stick his dick. And then she found out who he was, and it yeah, didn't work out. Like, yeah, it's also like tricking someone into fucking you is really fucked up, dude. Yeah. Like, that's Part of really the joke is that he's a shit. bad guy, but still, like, this woman is not a real character. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, to bring us back, I have two questions for you. One I just thought of, which is, can you think of 
any conspiracy theories off the top of your head that betray a leftist ideology? Not really. I was going to say, when we were talking about a political dimension to these conspiracy theories and how they mostly lack it, sometimes they do have one, right? Like, all these Illuminati fears kind of leak out into fear of immigrants somehow. They think that liberal elites, who are sometimes Jewish, who are running the country, are trying to import immigrants. (laughs) Yeah, our lizard people. Who are trying to um, import immigrants to dilute the white population. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Yeah. I guess I stay away from the racist ones. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a political dimension to this stuff, but no. Yeah, but it's not... I can't think of, like, a leftist one. There are, like, new-agey liberal ones, obviously. Like, yeah. aliens are teaching us, like, um, a lot of these, cons- There's a, we should mention the book you have by Carl Jung about flying saucers. Mm-hmm. That's so cool and interesting. And I read it a long time ago, so I don't mostly remember it. But part of the idea is, like, why are people, you know, he doesn't touch on whether it's real or not in a really, like, even-handed way, which is cool. But he's basically saying either way, you know, even if it's real, these are right. still signals that signify something to people, right? Yeah. So what does it mean to people to believe in UFOs? And it's like a lot of it is this sense that we were entering, you know, this new scientific age where we're dropping atom bombs. Right. And like a lot of guilt and fear over that. Yeah. And this idea that a lot of these ancient aliens people have this idea that once we drop the atom bombs, the aliens showed up and they're trying to convince us like, you know, not to war with each other, or at least not to drop atom bombs on each other Um. and trying to offer us like a more enlightened way to live. How many times have we heard yeah. that from people? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is as close as it gets to leftism, but it's more of like a new age liberalism. Yeah, I think Because it's still individualistic. Yeah. yeah. And it still like believes that somebody in power is going to fix things for you. Yeah. But this time it's aliens. Yes. Because we can't trust any humans. So. That's what drives me the most insane about all of them. Yeah. It's always someone in power and it's never the humans fixing things for ourselves. Yeah. It's right? like you've taken to saying either... You believe that some people should roll over other people or you don't. Yeah. And it's hard to think of any sort of alien conspiracy theory that says, you know, we should not, you know, have this hierarchy yeah. of rule over the yeah. majority of the population. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then my other question is, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Probably that Mandela effect one. Okay. Yeah. That was just so fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that one. The too. idea that the Mandela effect is real... She just starts from there, and then, like, what does it mean? It must mean that we're jumping realities. Like, oh, I wrote something about that recently. Took some notes on that. That's how into it I am. <laughs> I was thinking, like, it, it ultimately proposes a universe where you truly are alone. That yeah. maybe you live in your own reality, and you can remember these past realities that you transited through if you're clued in, like the person who came up with this theory. And uh, it means that the people around you aren't really real. Not in the same way that you're real. Yeah, true. Yeah, and uh, that they may not even have the same experiences you do, even if they are. No, they don't. They almost certainly don't, because they're hopping through their own realities. It's basically this old philosophical question of how do you know that the person you're talking to isn't a zombie or a robot, Yeah. because you only have access to your own mind. Yeah. So it's like that old question, but dressed up as a conspiracy theory. Yeah. And it syncs up with a lot of other, you know, philosophical and critical theory notions of like, language being subjective or um how do you truly communicate to another person like how do you escape your own selfhood and this conspiracy theory basically pessimistically posits that you can't like take into an extreme which of course all conspiracy theories are you're just alone in like your own reality and apparently transiting different points in the universe somehow yeah yeah 
I wish I'd gone first. Mine is not nearly as smart. Oh. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. This crazy lady. Well, you've been thinking that. about it, though. You have some good thoughts on it. Yeah. I don't have any good thoughts on this, but I really like the um, John Teeter one. Oh, time that's travel. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That one's my favorite. I was thinking you about it. recap it a little bit. Oh, I it's hard. It's so complicated. Details. Basically, this guy, you can like look it up on YouTube um, and you can hear the phone call and stuff. This guy called in to uh, Coast to Coast. He said his name is John Teeter. He's from the future. He's come back from a future where we uh, have the ability to time travel, but are also like about to destroy ourselves. He came back, I think it was 2005 or 2007 was like the year that he called so he in. called in and then disappeared for a while? Yeah. Um, and he he needed to get back to 1975. Oh, yeah, yeah. To find right. a IBM. I don't know, 5100. Yeah, 5100. Like I think that's right. Okay. Because like that's the computer he needs to like fix his time machine so that yeah. he can go yeah. to a, a specific time uh, where he can stop CERN. Mm-hmm. What is CERN? Um, center. It's like the new. Nu- it's the nuclear place where they're colliding atoms. Uh, the um, or, uh, hadron collider. Yeah, it's the hadron it's collider. Yeah. Created by CERN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because CERN, so CERN is the one who like created time travel, but is the, like using it for evil yeah. purposes. The fear is that like they're splitting up atoms to find all the component parts, right? So they found the gravitron, which is apparently a particle that gives gravity to other elements okay or maybe that's the one they haven't found yet i think that's the one they're okay but that's the sort of thing they're trying to yeah. do so the fear from you know paranoid conspiracy theorists is they'll like um break time apart you know create alternate universes or maybe like find a time particle and find some way to harness it right yeah but yeah but cern is the one in this guy's reality who created time travel he's come back He's going to stop CERN, I forget taking how. It from taking over. Yeah. Yeah. And and he has to get that computer. Uh, if CERN gets it, like, first, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. everything's over. Anyway, he, like, disappeared for a while. Um, then he, like, called... Well, actually, I think the phone, like, cut out or something. Oh, yeah, the phone cut out. Yeah. yeah. Then he called Which back... Which is really exciting for all the listeners. Yeah. Then he cut, came back a different time and called in and, like, gave some more information. Mm-hmm. Then he showed up on some message boards for a little while and answered some questions about the future that seemed like maybe they could be plausible. Mm-hmm. And he shared, like, like, some of the plans for his, like, time machine with people. You can go to, like, I think it's, like, johnteeter.com, or if you just search yeah. John Teeter, you can see, like, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's really cool. I love it because it's almost like it's he like gave us a story that everyone could like experience in real time. Yeah. It's almost like instead of watching a movie, you get to be in the movie, yeah. you know, and people were like chatting with him and finding, you know, the stuff online that he was posting in different places. And it was almost like a real life game yeah. movie situation yeah. that I just I love the idea of actually like i wish i'd gotten to experience that in real life but like in real time but even like checking it out later is like really fun and i think it's kind of cool because you get to almost like participate yeah in the conspiracy it's like a that bit. movie paranormal uh is that what's called we saw it in the theaters like 10 years ago 
And it's like, we believed it at first. Oh, yeah. Until they started saying like, oh, alien. It was an ancient aliens thing. Yeah. And they found the ancient Babylonians. They're like Sumerian aliens. Yeah, I want to say it's called like paranormal experience, but I know that's wrong. Paranormal activity? Yeah, paranormal activity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, but in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like... And of like... course, you could watch the anime Steinsgate, which just turns all this into, into a story. Yes, yes. It's very fun to so watch. so cool that it made it like all the way around the world, and then people made um anime and probably manga about it yeah 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 so i think that one's my favorite i also like generally like things that are i mean i love ancient aliens too don't get me wrong i just really think this show like does everyone a disservice by like the way that it it thinks through things like the narrator Mm -hmm. works essentially yeah functions and i also really like uh paranormal stuff because i would love to see a ghost I don't think they're real. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But I would really love to be proven wrong. Because it would just... Imagine what that would mean if ghosts were real. Like, we would know Uh there's, like, an afterlife for sure. Or some kind of experience beyond death. Because right now, all we know is, like, you decay. And that's Uh it, right? And we have no real reason to suspect that anything happens after that you know i mean i think people have their own theories and would like for certain things to be true but we don't have any evidence for any of that you should do dmt so you can meet the little beings that live in DMT. yes i should yeah yeah if anyone (laughs) wants to send me some (laughs) you can do it and i'll take care of it in the physical realm but yeah that would be so cool to meet a ghost also dmt but to meet a ghost it would be like that would just blow like reality like my understanding that's like that thing you want to believe in something bigger you know that would blow like my experience of reality so far out of the water because it would just change what i think of everything Mm -hmm. i also really like would it would you just not trust what you saw you know well i don't know i mean i i would need it to be like putting all this fairly concrete experience yeah. you know you're what putting I mean? all this faith and exposure but probably it wouldn't change anything well for me yeah. you think in me individually <laughs> <laughs> we'll see i don't know if it happens i'll i'll report back okay. and i also like uh your uncle's idea of past lives and that he thinks that we oh. did he say he said that we've like lived oh, multiple past lives together yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, I feel good about i'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that even though it seems to bring him a lot of consternation. Not that you and I, mm-hmm. but his own past lives, which is, you know, worrisome. But anyway, that's neither here mm-hmm. nor there. So, yeah, that's all I have, basically. It's cool. I feel like we could, if we had paused for two minutes, we could come up with more stuff to talk about conspiracy theories about. It's so interesting. That covers all my Eve Sedgwick notes. I would recommend that article to anybody. Unlike most critical theory stuff that I try to read because I'm pretentious and think it's cool, this one's, like, very readable. You can just Google Eve Sedgwick and Paranoid We can reading. link to it. It's, yeah, we'll link to it. It's very readable and very useful. Maybe we'll like link I to said, John Teeter, too. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we, like, bring this up again when we talk about politics. Yeah. And it's such a useful way to talk about conspiracy theories not actually changing anything. Yeah. Yeah, it is, um, which is another part of conspiracy theories that, yeah, I mean, we talked about it, but it's, it's very frustrating to me. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. ancient aliens. Um, I do generally enjoy the show, and, you know, if you want to watch it, I, I recommend it. I just think yeah. you should, like, you know, talk back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll come up with some specific conspiracy theories sometime. 
and talk about, um, as Eve Sedgwick says, like, what does knowledge do? What does believing in this conspiracy theory do for you? If you have any listening, whoever's listening, if you <laughs> you have any favorite conspiracy theories, you can send us. That'd be fun. Yeah, you could send them to us on Facebook slash Cold Pizza Party. Twitter at Cold Pizza Party. Yeah. Um, or SoundCloud. We're also at Cold Pizza Party. Yeah. Although I don't know how you send them to us on SoundCloud. I hate when people have different names for the different social media accounts. Yeah. We're yeah. on top of ours. Yeah. Just figure it out ahead of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Test it. Make sure that they're all available. If it's not, pick something else. Except for our Gmail, which is Cold Pizza Party Fun, I think. Oh, that one was taken? I think so. <laughs> no. I rescind everything. <laughs> Unless that's our password. And then I'm just giving everyone our password. <laughs> It's a cold pizza party. Nobody try, please. Uh, I forget. I haven't used it since I set up our SoundCloud. But anyway, (laughs) just just use Facebook or Twitter. That's really probably best. Okay. Well, that's everything that I had to talk about. And Mm -hmm. it's Sunday night, and I want to turn the fan on because it's kind of warm in here. So. Okay. Uh, We'll call it a night. Okay. Bye.